We've been talking the last uh, few weeks about uh, some of the, the miracles the Lord performed, and it was a blessing to me as he revealed this to us about uh, out of the mouth of the Lord, the vision, the hearing, and even the speech problems were, uh, uh, were cured and a blessing on that. But I'd like to look at another miracle this morning that he, uh, he performed. And uh, I know it says he performed them, that, you know, that we'd know that uh, he was Christ and he was of God. But each one of these miracles certainly is deeper than that. And just, oh, yeah, I believe. But there's, there's so much in these, as we found out in the spittle and the, and the clay and, and so forth. There's so much more in that. So we'd like to look once more, and I'll go to Matthew chapter 9 to begin with. And uh, again, just another one of the miracles the Lord performed. Matthew chapter 9, and uh, let's start in verse 20. And behold, a woman who had been diseased with an issue of blood twelve years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be well. But Jesus turned about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Uh, we won't go too much into faith. Uh, I know most of the religious world is just looking for opportunities to take a scripture and give on glory to us. And and uh, heard one on television this morning, and, and I thought, well, that would be something there. But it's talking about uh, when they went into the uh, land of promise. Of course, through the wilderness... You know, he, he fed him with the manna and so forth, and the quail after complained about the manna. But he fed him with that. But now they're crossing over into the land of promise, a land that floweth with milk and honey. And then they said, well, the first was a miracle from God, the manna from heaven. But over here, this was natural things. And then what he said was, all they had to do was walk in it. All they had to do, well, first of all, it wasn't natural. That was over there was also uh, of, of the Lord. But men are looking for, just looking for opportunities to take a scripture and give honor and glory to us. So here, people say, oh, but see, her faith. Where does her faith come from? Where does all of our faith come from? He's the, and we, we heard a good sermon on that at the conference. He's the author and the finisher. The beginning of your faith, the beginning of my faith, the ending of it, all the way through, it's all of the Lord. So you can't say, well, if it hadn't been for her faith, or see, her faith is what brought this to pass. Her, 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 that's like I, I, I. But all the honor and glory goes to the Lord. Yes, he gave her faith, but even on this, you say, well, how did she know to do this? Well, before the Lord went into these different towns and villages and things like that, he sent his disciples out two by two to teach them. So whenever he went to these towns, they had heard of at least a man called Jesus. 
And, the, and his disciples and apostles went out teaching this. So this woman that had this faith, and faith came from, he's the author and finisher of her faith, she also had hearing ears. She heard what the apostles and, and disciples had taught before. She had seeing eyes. She had spiritual life. So a lot of things took place before here she touched the hem of his garment. So how much honor and glory belongs to her? <laughs> Zero. Same as belongs to us. We're on the receiving end of his grace and mercy. So she had this issue of blood. It's in the, the definition of this is it's a flux or flowing. And uh, had it for, for 12 years. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. And certainly there was faith. I'm not saying there wasn't faith. She had, she had faith. But again, I want to know where that faith came from. Mark chapter 5. And verse 25. And a certain woman who had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had. And if I forget to bring that up later, uh, remember that. She spent all that she had. There was... No cure to be found of man. She just spent all, there was nothing left. She spent all that she had. So in case I forget to bring that out, there's a, a little nugget on that. Nothing else she could do, nothing else man could do. She spent all that she had. Uh, and had spent all that she had and was no better or nothing better but rather grew worse. And again, in case I don't get back to this, and I'm afraid I won't. Another side to this. If we, not if we, we were in a condition, unclean condition, and I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I'm afraid I'll forget to bring this out. In an unclean condition. And we expend everything that we've got and everything that man has to offer. And I'm talking about a spiritual uncleanness. And we try everything we can, done everything we can. It says, but rather grew worse. <laughs> The more we put man in it, the more we or I were growing worse. So, again, in case I don't get back to it, there that is. So, uh, spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, the hearing ears, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the crowd behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be well. Why just his clothes? You know, the other ones come to him and, 
and he'd put uh, spittle in their, on their tongue or their ears or their eyes. But here, if I just touch uh, his clothes, what was significant there? So, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be well. And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Now, of course, he knew, but yes, this is in here, certainly recorded for the or happened for the disciples and recorded for us. And his disciples said to him, Thou seest the multitude crowding thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembled. Uh, why did she fear and tremble? Lord willing, we'll see that as well. This was a According to the law, something that she should not have done, according to the Mosaic law. But the woman, fearing and trembled, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee well. Go in peace and be well of thy plague. So... <coughs> According to the law, so she went and she touched him, but touched his garment. But according to the law, she was not to do this. She was unclean. She was to be separate and separated. Uh, everything that, they, that she would touch would be unclean. So according to the law, she was not to touch or do anything. In fact, according to the law, she would be separated. And we won't be able to bring all that in this morning, but she would be separate. Here she was among this crowd of people touching who knows how many people. Deliberately touching the Lord's garments, which was unlawful according to the Mosaic law. He felt this power go out, of course, and of course he, he knew who it was and everything. But I want to keep in mind that under the law, she was unclean. Under the law, she used to be separate. Under the law, she was not to be in crowds of people or touch anyone or anything. Under the Mosaic law. Luke chapter 8. So there's a lot recorded about this. Sometimes you may just find it in one gospel or another, but... Luke chapter 8, and uh, let's go all the way over to verse 43. Luke 8 and 43. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, who had spent all of her living upon physicians, neither could be healed by any, again, she exhausted everything she had. She was still unclean. She exhausted everything mankind could offer. She was still unclean. Now, getting ahead of myself, but I want to know that we were in the same condition. Uh, 
And verse 44, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude crowd thee and press thee, and sayest thou, Who touched thee? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that power is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling. Again, she was afraid. Why? She had broken the law. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, uh, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee well. Go in peace. So again, not giving her honor and glory for that faith. There's a lot of things that took place before that. The Lord, she, she was a child. She had been given spiritual life, given spiritual eyes, spiritual ears. Uh, they had come. They had preached uh, in that county uh, or that area. And she had heard, had seen, had believed. Uh, but all these things took place. So, well, maybe we won't go any farther on that. So anyway, so this is this is... This was her condition. And uh, again, breaking the letter of the law by going out in crowds of people and touching and so forth. Let's go to Numbers chapter 15 and see a little more about uh, this condition and everything. Uh, Numbers chapter 15. And uh, but to as we look at this, and we're going to read more about her condition. But I think for the way for us to understand this is not to look at her condition, but. What was the result of her condition? What was the consequences of her condition? That's what we want to look at. Yeah, her condition, but what was the results of it? What was the consequences of it? And they were great. She had an issue of blood, but the result of that was she was unclean. That's the result of it. A lot of things would make unclean. Lepers were unclean, of course. Uh... And, the, and on leprosy, there was no man-made cure for leprosy. Now, for snake bites, you know, look upon this and different things, there were, there were concoctions they were to make. But for leprosy, there was no man-made cure. If you were cured from leprosy, it was only come from one place. So here we see it similar that... She exhausted every means to be healed of this. She was still unclean. So let's look at it from the viewpoint, the consequences of this. What was so bad about being unclean? Verse 
So Leviticus 15, and uh, we might read a good bit of uh, reading here. And starting in verse... Uh, I said Leviticus. I'm in Numbers. What did I say? I think I want to be in Leviticus because that doesn't look right in Numbers, the 15th chapter there. Leviticus chapter 15. And verse 19. This is where I wanted. So this is certainly under the law, letter, the letter of the law of Moses. And if a woman have an issue, and her issue in her flesh be blood, she shall be put apart seven days. Whosoever touches her shall be unclean till the evening. She was to be separate, not out of crowds and touching the Lord under the letter of the law. And everything that she lieth upon in her separation shall be unclean. Everything also that she sitteth upon shall be unclean. And whosoever toucheth her bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. Whosoever touches anything that she sat upon shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And if it be uh, on her bed or anything whereupon she sitteth when he toucheth it, he shall be unclean until the evening. And if any man lie with her at all, and her impurity uh, be upon him, he shall be unclean seven days. And all the bed whereupon he lieth shall be unclean. And if a woman have an issue of her blood many days out of the time of her separation, again, this condition, we're, we're looking at the result of it, the consequences of it. So we'll look at it certainly on the literal side, but if, all, if that's all we get out of it, then, you know, a lot of people think you can just take his Bible and read it like a book, and that's all there is. And we know that uh, uh, that's certainly not true. Uh, there's layers and layers and layers and layers of truth uh, in it. So we're looking at, under the letter of the law, uh, what it would be. Uh, verse 25. And if a woman have an issue of her blood many days out of the time of her separation, unclean is to be separate. Or if it run beyond the time of her separation, all the days of the issue of her uncleanness shall be of the days of her separation. She shall be unclean. There's consequences to being unclean. Every bed whereupon she lieth, all the days of her issue shall be unto her as a bed of her separation, and whatsoever she sitteth upon shall be unclean, and the uncleanness of her separation. And whosoever toucheth those things shall be unclean, and there's consequences to them. We'll see more consequences, but she would be unclean, there's consequences. And, and whoever she touched or touched certain things, they would be unclean. There's consequences of being unclean. Yet, she touched the Lord, which was unlawful under the Mosaic law. Uh, 27, And whosoever touches those things shall be unclean, and shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean till the evening. But if she be cleansed, 
of her issue. Then she shall number to herself seven days, and after that she shall be clean. And on the eighth day she shall take unto her uh, two turtle doves or two young pigeons and bring them unto the priest to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Now, she couldn't go there before. She was unclean. She would go nowhere near the tabernacle because she was unclean. So now she could go. She's clean. She could go do what? Offer sacrifice. Worship. 30. And the priest shall offer one uh, for a sin offering. Well, do we see any sign of sin here? This was, she was unclean. Uh, and the other for a burnt offering, and the priest shall make an atonement for her before the Lord for the issue of her uncleanness. Thus shall you separate the children of Israel from their uncleanness, that they die not in their uncleanness when they defile my tabernacle that is among them. So one that's unclean, go to the tabernacle, be a, a death penalty. They were not allowed to go to the tabernacle, would not be allowed to offer sacrifice, would not be allowed to worship, not be allowed to go to the sanctuary. So as you can see, this condition under the letter of the law would render one unclean, there was no sacrifice, no offering to be made until they were made whole. The woman in our lesson had this issue for 12 years. I don't think we know how old she was, but for 12 years, separation. She wasn't allowed to go out and be in crowds or be with anybody or go to the sanctuary Go to the place of worship. Offer sacrifices unto the Lord. Twelve years. So, one in this unclean condition could not offer acceptable sacrifice unto God. Couldn't go to a place of worship. Unclean. Other things can make one unclean, but we're looking at this. Something else about unclean. I won't go to it. Ephesians 5, 5 says, No unclean person hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. She was unclean. No inheritance. Kingdom of Christ and of God. And here she was out in this crowd, breaking the letter of the law of Moses, just to touch the hem of his garment, which would have made a letter of the law all unclean. This was unlawful. That's why she was afraid. That's why she was trembling. You say, well, how's that affect me? Yeah, we can read this story. How does that affect me? Or does it affect me?
people say, well, I'm not unclean. Well, if we have that feeling, I would recommend you read Isaiah 64 and 6. We're all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. So we see the, the unclean position she was in. We see anything she touched, cloth, anything like that. So this tells me, it tells you, it tells all of us. We're all in the same boat, as they say. I'm not sure where that expression came from, but we certainly are all in the same boat. We're all, and this is from the scriptures, from the prophet Isaiah, inspired by God. We're all as an unclean thing. All of our righteousness are as filthy rags. Isaiah also says, from the, uh, from the foot, even to the head, there's no soundness in it, wounds and bruises and putrefying sores, which would make us unclean. Job said, who can bring a clean thing from an unclean? Ask a question, but he answers it, no, not one. Chuck, I'm going to talk about the bacon here for a little bit. Chuck's got a, a, a pig, which will be an unclean beast. It's the cleanest unclean beast I ever saw, by the way. But anyway, unclean beast. Now, I, I understand that he's been uh, not going to be offsprings from bacon. But if we take a hog, two hogs, and we have piglets, and they're cute when they're small, aren't they, Chuck? <laughs> anyway, they, they have piglets. Is there any chance, and that's an unclean beast. Is there any chance that we take two pigs, two hogs, and we have a lamb, or a calf, or a cow? Who can bring a clean thing from an unclean? No, not one. Uh, so we couldn't, if we have two hogs or two donkeys, unclean thing, we won't pick on bacon uh, <laughs> anymore, maybe. Uh, but if we have two donkeys and they have a colt, do you, do you think it's going to be a cow? Or do you think it's going to be another unclean beast? Who can bring a clean from an unclean? No, not one is the answer. Adam and Eve sinned. They became unclean. Is there going to be a clean thing come out of that? We're... Uh, uh, my cousin, is, uh, she's done this 23andMe thing. I didn't know much about it, but really interesting. Uh, I guess you go and you send samples of your saliva or something, and, and they can tell your, some of your, I guess, genealogies and things. And other people have done this 23andMe. They can link you with them, and very interesting. If everybody in the world would do it, which our government will probably require someday, but anyway, you can tell who your relatives are and everything. Uh, 
But I, having said that, we all go back to Adam, who was an unclean, became an unclean thing. So that's why we're all an unclean thing. All of our righteousness are filthy rags. That's who and what we are. Some might say, well, but I'm going to clean it up. And I'll make myself presentable to God. <laughs> Chuck, I'm sorry, I'm going back to bacon. <laughs> when you and Robin wash him after he's been out in the mire and the mud, you wash him, he's still an unclean thing. He may be the cleanest unclean thing I've seen, but he's still an unclean thing. So people say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean it up. I'm going to make myself presentable. Inside of God. Job had something to say about that too. If I wash myself with snow and make my hands never so clean, how would that be then? If we, I'm going to clean it up, I wash myself with snow, which is the whitest thing that he could, purest thing he could think of, and make my hands never so clean. Well, surely that would impress God, wouldn't it? I'm better than this person. I'm better than this person. He says, yet thou shalt plunge me in a ditch. My own clothes shall abhor me. And, and David, I'd missed that for many years. When he said, my own clothes shall abhor me, I'd kind of missed that for years. Our own clothes, our covering, if it's not the covering of Jesus Christ, if our covering is what we're going to do, clean ourselves up, even our own clothes, even our own covering, we've had mixed garments, will abhor us. So Job knew he couldn't clean himself up. But many today believe that they can make themselves presentable. If we look at ourselves, in the scriptures, the way it pictures us, we're pretty sorry creatures in ourselves. And it looks like we're out of time. I don't like making these two parts, but I hate getting too long. So uh, we may take this up again this evening, Lord willing. Uh, I think we laid a pretty good foundation of who we are. And most people do not like to be told in truth what we are. I told you before, this person many years ago out in the old building, after services, uh, there was a conversation, and uh, they didn't like at all what Austin had said. I don't, Mort, I don't remember his exact sermon, but I know this person says, I don't like being compared to a grasshopper. Well, maybe <laughs> we don't have large crowds here. Most people don't like being compared to a pig, a donkey, a grasshopper. They want to be lifted up above that. And it's, I started to say, well, it's miraculous that any of us do. We, why do we want to see that? Well, Lord willing, because that makes us so grateful that when he has made us clean. That's, that's the reason for that. So, Lord willing, we'll take us up again this evening. May the Lord bless us speaking of his word. We're dismissed.